Hey, it's Jake. You're about to hear a free preview of something from Fogelness Plus, the podcast platform and online streaming service run entirely by me, Jake Fogelnest. To get instant access to hundreds of episodes, visit www.jake.army and sign up at the tier of your choice on Patreon. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. I got a real lid blower for you this week. It's surprisingly uh, underreported, uh, an incident that happened in Philadelphia in 1985. Uh, I remember it. It's, it's an important moment in pop culture history, but people don't talk about it. I'm going to talk about it on today's show. Does it involve Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon? Of course it does. Of course it does. What kind of operation do you think we're running here? Uh, also, uh, I'm, I'm going to show you some more music from uh, Belgian, French pop sensation. I think she's Norwegian as well. It doesn't matter. It's Leo. I've introduced her to you on this program before. I believe it was episode 74. You can go back. Uh, I am recording this on Sunday, June 19th, which is Father's Day. We'll talk about that as well. And if you listen, if you don't have a dad, if you don't have a great relationship with your father, you could just say, fuck it. You don't, it, it, it's a, it's a made up holiday. It's a made up thing. I didn't make it up. I wish I did. I wish I did because then I'd be in the lucrative greeting card business. Lot to talk about this week. Underreported incident that happened with Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. My name is Jake Fogelnest. I did this first. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hey everybody. We got a we got a fun one today. We have a fun one planned. I am I'm gonna talk to you about Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Which is a film, perhaps maybe you're not familiar with it. Maybe you're not familiar with it. Uh, I guess I could show you the trailer, but I feel like the trailer needs a little setup, okay? So, I believe it was, uh, it came out, I know it came out in 1985, because the incident that I'm going to talk about, which seems to be lost to the annals of pop cultural history, unless you are of a certain age, and lived in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is a very underreported story, which I'm going to bring you today. But uh, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon is a uh, it's a soundtrack album movie. Okay, it's like uh, for those of you who are intimately familiar with The Last Dragon, you're like. How the hell is this guy going to explain what the, the last dragon is? How is he going to put that into a coherent sentence for the uninitiated? But it's basically like, uh, it's like a kung fu movie featuring a, a predominantly African-American cast. And there's a, a gentleman and he uh, gets uh, very impassioned with uh, uh, martial arts and then he gets what's called, I'll just show you the trailer, a, a, a Jewish man in his 40s trying to explain what the last dragon is. It's just a, that's a fool's errand. I'll show you the trailer. I, it's one of those trailers where they have the voiceover. So I think that'll be 
uh, effective. They'll do you. They'll do a good job. They won't tell you the whole story because maybe you haven't seen The Last Dragon. And if you haven't, I'd wow, I'd hate to be the person that spoils it for you. Because it's a cinematic experience like no other. Okay? It's truly... I, I haven't seen it in, in many years, but it's a cinematic experience like no other. But I, I'm a Jewish guy in, in, in my 40s here. I can't explain The Last Dragon. I could put it in cultural context, and I'll do that in just a second. As you can see... The commitment stands to bring you the most important news affairs out there each week. That's what I do. You're on board. You're with me. You get it. This is a trailer for The Last Dragon. And it's just the beginning of a larger conversation. A martial arts champion in search of the glow. Master, I need more time. I am no longer your master. A rock and roll star on the rise. I know what it's like to lose precious things. A madman. Shogun of Harlem. A maniac. You're going to put my video on your show, aren't you? The answer is no. And the glamour, the power, and the sound of Motown. I don't want you to kill anybody. Are you out of your mind? Leroy Green, I'm looking for the little pump thinks he's a kung fu master. I am no master. You sure look like a master to me. This is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Oh. It's about the power. Of the glow. Timok. Vanity. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Directed by Michael Schultz. A Motown Productions picture from TriStar. Okay, the trailer for The Last Dragon actually does a, a fairly good job of giving you the gist of Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. And I, I believe it was a successful film. But I, I want to alert you to an event that happened on Easter Sunday, April 8th, 1985, in Philadelphia. Now, this was um, this was front-page news. Now, Philadelphia, in the 80s, and probably still today, has a bit of a reputation for being uh, one of the more racist cities in the world. Racist, homophobic. It's, it, it's got a Philly brand racism it's a particular type of racism it, it, it i can't really compare it to any it's different than boston racism but i would say it's it, maybe it's even more aggressive and philadelphia is a strange town because you know every new year's like a bunch of electricians and plumbers play i i guess Dixieland music and put on all these feathered costumes. They're, they're called the mummers. You could, that's a whole separate issue. But anyway, Barry Gordon's The Last Dragon, Easter Sunday, April 8th, 1985. I'm, I'll show you the, the newspaper. This is the Philadelphia Daily News front page, April 9th, the next day. Take a look at this. 
aftermath. Changes eyed for Chestnut Street. Don't blame movie, experts say. Girl, so scared I had to go home. Stone, black youths hurt selves. So let me explain. There was a riot, full-scale riot, of teenagers on this block in Philadelphia called Chestnut Street. Chestnut Street, great block in Center City, Philadelphia. I don't know what it's like now, but back in 1985, you had a a couple of movie theaters, and you had some video arcades, and you had a footlocker. And the police commissioner at this time in 1985, the kids rioted on Easter Sunday. They were breaking windows. They were going in the arcade. It was like a thousand teenagers on the street. And the police commissioner believes that it began with people coming out of seeing Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon all pumped up by the movie and then wanting to get into kung fu fights with each other. Now, I I do believe that uh, this is perhaps where the trouble started. Uh, although even in the, in the newspaper on the front page, they're saying, don't blame the movie. Here's another clip from the newspaper it says, don't blame the movie expert says. And then an expert, uh, you know, goes on to tell you why you, you shouldn't blame the movie. And you really can't blame the movie because it's kind of a cartoon. It's kind of a cartoon. Also, uh, here's the thing that people don't talk about. Well, first of all, no one talks about this because I don't know why. I I think it should be really on the forefront of uh, history that we're studying today. I think this should be taught in schools. But this police commissioner, he, he says that, you know, there were people come out of the last dragon. They're all, I guess, filled with the glow, doing kung fu. And then it turned into a riot. Basically, there were people coming out of the movie. And then there was another uh, group of people waiting in line to go see the movie. And it was the Duke and Duchess Theater and all hell broke loose. And people started rioting. Now, what's interesting is this also happened on Easter Sunday in 1984. It was kind of, I guess, a tradition for two years for people to go all up and down Chestnut Street on Easter Sunday and hang out and party if you were a teenager of a certain color in Philadelphia. However, the 1985 Easter Sunday, that was like, oh boy. Now, I tried to find a a clip of a local newscast from April 8th, 1985. And my God, I found a, I found one in its entirety with the first news story cut off, which was definitely the leading story that night was look, here. Shops are vandalized and looted in rampage along Chestnut street. And then you see scared teens. It, it got out of control, but this police commissioner, he says, well, it's, it's that it's the last dragon. It riled up the youth and they all thought they were going to be Kung Fu masters. I don't know what happened. I, I, I lived very close to Chestnut Street at the time. I was, I was uh, probably six or seven years old. 
So I remember hearing about it that night and certainly at school the next day. And we were, and I remember even at seven years old, we were all like over the last dragon that caused a riot. Mind you, Friday the 13th part five was playing down the street. That that's a far more violent film. You know, who's to say, but I'll give it to Philadelphia. I thought this, when I looked this up, that it was going to be a little bit more racist and a little bit more, oh, we're blaming the, uh, the media on this, uh, for this riot. But there, there was, don't blame the movie right on page one of the Philadelphia Daily News, which I think is the more left-leaning paper. But this happened. I don't think it was the fault of Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. And and, and that's because, oh, let's just, I, I look, if you don't want The Last Dragon spoiled for you, if you've somehow gone this many years on the planet and not seen The Last Dragon, I just, I'm just going to show a quick click, quick clip, really quick. And if you want to use that phrase as a vocal exercise, if you're an actor as a vocal warm up, go ahead. I'm going to show you a quick clip, really quick. And you tell me if this is going to uh, perhaps incite violence in youth in 1985. All right, Leroy, who's the one and only master? I am. I am. Oh. Is he personally, I, I don't think, looking at that, that Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon was the cause of the riot that definitely happened on Chestnut Street starting at the movie theater but and making its way down to the Foot Locker it was just too many teenagers out on the street and 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 people didn't like it people didn't like it mind you this happened a year earlier but forever if you talk to a certain generation of 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 people from Philadelphia, you ask them, Hey, do you remember the last dragon riot? And they'll be like, yes, I do. It's not the last dragon riot. Again, there was a riot the previous, uh, the previous Easter. They, they, and was it a riot or was it just teenagers gathering? Because I don't know what people do on Easter Sunday. I'm Jewish. What do you, you eat ham? It's the afternoon. The parents probably said, Hey, why you kids, you go to the movies, get out of the house. You've been good. It's Easter. Here's a bunny chocolate and you go to the movies the last dragon happened to be playing it was fun it did not incite violence it incited soundtrack sales for El Barge. but I'll tell you this if you're questioning what I said earlier about Philadelphia having a special kind of racism the last dragon riot which wasn't the fault of Barry Gordy or Vanity or the gentleman who played Bruce Leroy. Uh, They're not responsible.
because this happened Easter Sunday, April 8th, 1985. Uh, May 13th, 1985, that's when the move bombing happened. I'm sure you're all familiar with that. The move organization, they, 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 that's where they dropped a bomb and burned down a city block. It was terrible. There's been great documentaries about this. Uh, Let the Fire Burn, excellent documentary about the move bombing in Philadelphia. Very important moment in uh, history. Boy, did the police get that one wrong. Mayor, Mayor, it was, it was Mayor Good. He just, they botched that one. Terrible. Burned down an entire city block. And not once when talking about the move bombing, does anybody ever reference Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon? There was something boiling in the city of Philadelphia in 1985 and I think it was coming from the police. And that's why I say we should absolutely defund the police. And when I say that, I mean, let's defund the police in Philadelphia in 1985. Let's just take because they did they did a bad job that year. I'm sure they did some good, too. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon Riot. It's it's just not talked about enough. And I, I remembered it. I felt a responsibility to bring it to you. Okay? Good. We have more uh, to do here on this program today, but I, I, I had to get that out. I had to, I had to tell people that it happened because we, we were all talking about it at school. We were all talking about it at school. Uh, none of the kids, we were young, so none of the kids I know were a part of the Last Dragon Riot but we'd heard about it. And when you're like seven or eight years old, and I was very blessed. I went to this great Quaker school in Philadelphia, uh, uh, Friends Select, and wildly diverse. I got the yearbooks to prove it. Wildly diverse, very cool, uh, diverse. Just didn't know any other way. It was, it was normal to me. And, uh, and, we, and we were all just sort of befuddled. All of us, the kids, we were befuddled. The last dragon is going to cause someone to smash the window of a footlocker? I don't think so. Anyway, there's more show. I will show you now uh, some pleasant music from Leo.
This is a nice French new wave. It's a palate cleanser. Boy, I wish in 1985 we were talking about Leo at, at school and not the possibility that Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon incited a riot. It's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. I like, when I went back and I remembered this incident and I looked at the newspaper, I liked that it said, don't blame the movie. Uh, this whole episode's not going to be about The Last Dragon, but I do have, uh, I was, I'm always curious, uh, hey, what do Siskel and Ebert uh, think? What did they have to say at the time uh, upon uh, the release of The Last Dragon? So I, I, I real quick, and I promise I'm going to drop it. I'm never going to bring up Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon again. But I was curious, like, did these guys uh, like this movie? Because I remember it being a pretty fun movie that everybody enjoyed. Did they uh, take a snobby attitude towards The Last Dragon? Was The Last Dragon not fun for Siskel and Ebert? And I was uh, surprised. Look at this. The Last Dragon is a combination of a lot of technology and very little thought. The final sequence is staged in a disco with electronic music pulsing over every karate body blow while the walls are covered with giant movie screens showing scenes from old Bruce Lee movies. It's kind of ridiculous, but what I liked about the film was the tender relationship between Ty Mac and Vanity. They are both very appealing and very effective performers, and there's a really great early scene where the Shogun of Harlem walks into a movie theater that's full of Bruce Lee fans, and he challenges them all to a fight. I can't quite recommend the film. There are a lot of oh. things in it that I like, though, but I can't quite. You should. Oh, that you, I think this 10 yards. Oh, I'm going 100 yards. I oh, think really? this was a lot of fun. Yeah. I had a ball. That first scene and when the Shogun walks into the movie theater uh -huh. showing a Bruce Lee movie, yeah. this is like on 42nd Street uh -huh. in New York or uh -huh. something, and tears up the joint, challenges all the Bruce <laughs> Lee's fans, steps on a ghetto blaster. Right. That, that movie had me from that scene on. Mm -hmm. Then there's lots of fun with little kids walking around and acting tough. Vanity is a very appealing actress. The, you're right, Time Act is good. I, there's more action, more laughs in this picture. I had a ball with this Okay, film. well, I liked all the things you liked. But that's, I, a, that's the whole oh, picture. there's a little more. There's that whole boring story about that guy that the, wants... Uh, the short guy? Yeah, he wants Vanity to you're show right, his that's video. Thing. That's thing. And his girlfriend who talks in a squeaky voice. They should have pulled that out. That was and a rip-off from Superman. They should have pulled right. it right and out. And another split decision on The Last Dragon. As you just heard, the high-gloss karate movie, Gene thought it worked. I kind of liked it, but not enough to give a thumbs up. Sorry. I still can't make up his mind. That's okay. Maybe I'll get better one day. There'll be another office visit for you tomorrow. Seems to be a split decision, but you can tell that Roger Ebert actually really likes it. But there's something in him that uh, he, he couldn't give it the thumbs up. Roger Ebert, in, in retrospect, is... Um, that guy's a goof. I know. He was a, a genius, a kind man, a progressive man. Uh, all the work he did with Russ Meyer, important work. But uh, yeah, you, I go back and I go, sometimes I just flat out disagree with this dude. I'm more of a Siskel man, I think is what I'm trying to say. <sighs> anyway, this, I promise the entire show is not about The Last Dragon. There, there are other things uh, to, to talk about. Uh, it is uh, Father's Day, and uh, when I'm recording this, you you could be listening to this or watching it any time uh, because it's episode 97, and they're meant to be consumed whenever, wherever. www.jake.army. You can get it as a TV show. 
And then you can actually, instead of listening to the glow, you can experience the visuals of the glow of Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. I promise I'm going to stop mentioning it. But uh, yeah, here's here's the deal. It's Father's Day. Lost my father in February. That's uh, I, I've grieved. I feel good about it. And uh, ah, I'm not gonna. I'm not saying nothing yet. But I I gotta go down to uh, uh, Mexico this week to like uh, take care of uh, business, and I'll I'll come back with some stuff. My dad, you know. Over the years, as you can see, if you watch, the, the this is a television program, I've accumulated some stuff in the 43 years that I've been on the, the planet. Uh, my dad's uh, about 75 years old. Uh, he accumulated some stuff. That stuff is now my stuff. I don't need all of it. I'm sounding like George Carlin doing his stuff routine. That's not my intention at all. I don't need all of it, but there's some of it that I do want. And I'm going to go down to Mexico. I guess I'll ship it back because there's some there's some good stuff that perhaps you'll want to see or, and that uh, there's certainly some stuff that I'll, I'll want to have, but I don't need all of it. You know, what am I going to do with like his TV? Just, just I'm going to give it to the lady who's buying the house. She already, she's already in there. She seems, she seems lovely. All right. A movie, uh, another undiscovered gem. That gem, of course, is Barry Gordy. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about that anymore. Uh, so, you know, uh, Deb and I, we do this thing every Tuesday, Pretentious Movie Tuesday. We watch a movie that could be classified as pretentious. And uh, this could be uh, a Swedish film. This could be uh, a film from uh, the 70s. This could be a, a new film. Uh, it, it, it just has to be something that we both haven't seen. And uh, could be considered pretentious. So I found the movie this week and it was a real winner. And it is uh, streaming now uh, in 2022 on uh, the Criterion channel. And I'm going to show you the trailer for this film. It's called Chameleon Street. And then I'm, I'm going to come back and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the film. And I, until Tuesday... I had not seen this film. I had not heard of this film. And you're going to find that to be uh, quite disappointing and quite surprising after you watch this trailer. Check this out and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Some people call me Mr. Wonderful. Other people call me William Douglas Street Jr. Born in a log cabin in the backwoods of Kentucky, young Douglas soon elevated himself from field hand to tiger, from tiger to reporter, and from reporter to doctor, from doctor to co-ed, from co-ed to attorney, from attorney to congressman. When I meet somebody, I know within the first two minutes who they want me to be. I need some money. Make some money. I mean, I could sit here and make you think you're a genius for correctly analyzing this complex, exotic, notorious Negro. You know that the white man owns this world? I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Your credentials are just too amazing to believe. What would you concoct? Such a licentious, low-down lie. I wanted to get the money. Open your mouth. This is all just a vacation to you, isn't it? Prison, a vacation? 
of people ask me if I regret what happened. <laughs> sure, I regret it, but you can take my word for it. It's an unforgettable experience. I think, therefore I scan. I know not what I am. I am Chameleon Street. So that's a trailer for Chameleon Street, which is a film you just got to watch. You just trust me. It's it's a winner. And uh, this is a bit of a lost movie. And it, it was a total auteur uh, film by uh, Wendell B. Harris, Jr. He stars in it. He's incredible. Uh, wrote, directed the whole movie. Um, it's based on this uh, uh, real life uh, uh, guy. Douglas Street, uh, who, uh, is, anyway, it's a great movie. Now, here, here, here's how great the movie was. It won the grand jury prize at Sundance in 1990. All right. So in 1989, Sex Lies in Videotape, that, that wins the grand jury prize at Sundance uh, for Steven Soderbergh. And then the very next year, Chameleon Street wins, and uh, this uh, gentleman, Wendell B. Harris Jr., who's incredible, uh, his film does not get the uh, same release. Uh, It's not met with the same uh, enthusiasm, audience-wise, as Sex, Lies, and Videotape. In fact, it barely comes out. And I encourage you... Uh, you can go on YouTube, type in Wendell B. Harris Jr. Uh, because there's some interviews with him. There's a great piece in uh, IndieWire uh, about what happened to this uh, to this gentleman and why did he never make another movie and why did this film only kind of get a real release just like a couple of years ago with most people seeing it on the Criterion channel right now. And... When I I think back to 1990, um, another film played at 1990 Sundance Film Festival, and that was House Party, which is a fine film with Kid and Play and the great Robin Harris. Uh, big commercial success. They made a bunch of sequels. Chameleon Street, not exactly a sequel-friendly movie. And it's a shame. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I'm a film executive in 1990. Well, I know how to market House Party. How the hell am I going to market Chameleon Street? The shame is, though, that um, this uh, Wendell B. Harris, and I'll let you, you can, you can go do your own research on it. Uh, I'll let him speak for himself. But boy, he he came out to Hollywood for three years. I think Warner Brothers, they they gave him money for rights to remake his film, which is a great, beautiful, kind of like artistic film. They liked the story of it, but they wanted to remake it in a in a sort of big Hollywood way. And he got paid for that. And then there there was a a joke going around Hollywood in, in the early nineties that uh, every black filmmaker could get a deal except for Wendell B. Harris Jr. That's the reality this gentleman faced and and I am 
uh, it's a shame because the, the film is great. I can't recommend it enough. The dude's super talented. And uh, you check out some interviews with him. There's, there's some very interesting Q&As online. And there's even a little supplement on the Criterion channel. I assume if you're subscribed here that you are a Criterion channel subscriber. I think that's sort of a safe assumption to make. And if you're not, I can't offer you any discount whatsoever. I, I, uh, I can't. I, I, I just, I don't have that power. I am, though. I think I have in my wallet, I believe. Yes. I am a uh, charter subscriber to the Criterion Collection, uh, the Criterion Channel. I've been a member since uh, April 8th, 2019. Hold on a second. This is a total coincidence. I became a member of the Criterion Channel. It's a, a charter member. They sent me this tin card, which for some reason I carry in my wallet, on April 8th. Well, that's the same day that they had the riot on Chestnut Street involving Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. I didn't know that until I pulled it. I, I had no idea. So it's it's kismet. It's destiny. It's 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 vanity. Let's show something from vanity and we'll wrap this thing. <laughs> If you want to get in, ha ha. Step up in the elevator, press number seven. That's all you got to do to get to seven heaven. I can't believe what you're gonna see once you get inside.
on me. I promised that I wasn't going to uh, talk about Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon anymore, but I had to show you Vanity in the film, performing a little bit of the song Seventh Heaven, which is on the soundtrack to Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Uh, anyway, this is probably one of the more woke episodes I've done of this program. It was unintentional. It's just the things that, that were were on my mind. Uh, uh, the week of uh, June 19th, 2022. What do you, uh, what do you want from me? this program apparently because you people pay for it. And I am so thankful for you that do. And there are bonus and VIP stuff. Uh, the bonus VIP stuff is available. Uh, if you're subscribed at like the bonus or VIP tier, go to www.jake.army. You can always up your pledge. There's only like, we're on episode uh, 97 of this program. I looked at, and uh, there's only 112 other podcasts to enjoy. In addition to these, it's, it's absolutely insane since we launched this thing. And as we uh, near the uh, hundred episode mark, if, if anybody would like to remind me of some of the things that you have enjoyed over the uh, last, uh, a couple of years that we've been doing this, uh, please let me know because I want to put together a little special uh, best of. It's time to do that. I'm going to pop that out for, for people for free so they can understand what we're doing here. Uh, if you are a bonus or VIP subscriber, uh, later this week you'll you'll be getting another one of the uh, uh, Square TV episodes from when I was a, a, a youngster. Uh, later in the week, again, I'm going to be out of town pretty much out this week. I will check in, especially with the VIP subscribers. You guys know I check in, but uh, yeah, that's our show for this week. I hope you, I hope you learned something. I hope you learned something about uh, April 5th, 1985. When the streets of Philadelphia that Bruce Springsteen sings about in the Tom Hanks movie, Philadelphia, they have nothing to do with what happened uh, on Chestnut street. Because that was the the day that a, a bunch of teenagers on Easter Sunday, uh, allegedly, they don't blame the movie, but they saw The Last Dragon and then uh, uh, the, broke the window of a footlocker. It was a big deal. And then a month later, move bombing. I hope Philadelphia has gotten less racist. I really do. It's a, it's a, it, there's, there's, again, like I was saying at the top of the show, there's nothing like uh, Philadelphia bread racism it's it philadelphia it's famous for its cheesesteaks it's got the liberty bell uh uh they got uh 
the Franklin Institute where you can feel the fun and racism. I think it's I think it's better now. It's a good city. I like Philadelphia, but good God. I bet those kids had fun on April 5th, 1985. I bet they had a lot of fun. I mean, I had fun, too, on April 5th, 2019, when I became a charter member of the Criterion Channel. And they sent me a little card. I was uh, I was like, Filmstruck's closing down? Oh, no. The Criterion Channel's going to be a thing? Great. Sign me up. So, please. I, I assume you have the Criterion Channel. You should. It's, there's just great stuff there all the time. Particularly Chameleon Street. Check that one out. I uh, will be in touch later this week, especially the bonus and VIP subscribers. The rest of you, I will see you in a week. Thanks, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening. Fogelnest Plus is my podcast platform and streaming video on demand service. Totally listener supported and ad free. You can get my weekly podcast, I Did This First with Jake Fogelnest, starting at just $5 a month. There's been a new episode every week since August of 2020, and the show keeps going. After signing up at www.jake.army, you can watch it as a TV show or listen wherever you listen to podcasts. There's also bonus and VIP tiers, which offer even more episodes. For all the info you need, go to www.jake.army and find out how you can support Fogelness Plus on Patreon. Episodes on this feed will come and go, so you don't want to miss anything. Sign up today www.jake.army